Ed, we are back to transatlantic situations. We are. You're back on the other side of the world. I, I mean, the funny um, thing was, it's much easier recording like this than when I was in the same country. In fact, same city and same room as you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we probably should have recorded something when we were in the same room, because that's the first time we've been in the same room for a really long time. It is. Um, it was very nice to see you, I have to say. You too. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so we had a little chat before we started recording and we decided that we were going to talk about the football first before the transfers, trans, transfers in big inverted commas. As if transfers of large sums of cash from one bank account to another. We'll be talking about that, won't we? Seismic, seismic events in um, Manchester United uh, in the last week. Uh, and lots of people are extremely happy about them. Just a, a quick spoiler warning. If you've tuned in for 45 minutes of celebration of United's transfer market activity, you've picked the wrong podcast, just so you know. Um, but hey, we'll get to, we'll fall off that bridge when we get to it. We'll smack into that miserable pit of cognitive dissonance when we get to it. Um, and talking of a miserable pit of cognitive dissonance, uh, Manchester United won, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. Wolves games just bring out the worst in us. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to say it's Wolves, but l- let's be honest. I mean, from for all the times we've had trouble against Wolves in recent times, it's it's been Wolves playing in a certain way and doing damage to us because Nuno had a game plan. This time it was because we decided to play with a... 4-1-6 formation or something like that. And there's too many players there. <laughs> and um, thought that midfield was an unnecessary part of the tactical makeup of association football, which the last time that was true was about in 1895. <laughs> when they moved back the middle of the W to make the WM, from then on, midfield's been important, right? Yes, that's right. Um, but United weren't a million miles away from a, w- a WM. It was it was more a sort of sideways L and then a W somewhere in there. I, I did wonder uh, what uh, new signing Rafael Varane uh, made his full debut for United. Or debut for United. Oh, maybe he'd played in a friendly game. Anyway, whatever. I did. I, I did. Know. I did wonder what he might make of all of that. Um, because he was think- he was excellent, by the way. But he, yeah, he needed to so be good. excellent because. They had an absolute travesty of a midfield, which was Fred, because Pogba didn't bother doing any defending. As, you know, six years into Pogba's career with United, we know he's not going to do any defending, folks. No surprise there. right? And and Oli must have known too. And so it was all on Fred, who who puts up, when he's in a double pivot, good, uh-huh. good numbers of interceptions and ball recoveries and tackles sure, and yeah. all the kind of stuff. Um, he, I mean, I think, what did it take about uh, a minute or so into the game before he was bypassed for the first time by Adama and it just kept happening again and again and again? I mean, how that game finished 1-0 to Manchester United? Well, there's two answers to that question. One is Champions League Varane and the other is Europa League De Gea. Um, And that's no slight on his abilities, just that he's wasted his entire career with us Muppets. Um, An absolutely staggering, the second of the double save. I mean, I, I... Definitely fell down the rabbit hole of thinking, oh, he's just hit it straight at him. But actually, the speed... To, I mean, 
the striker probably should have done better. The striker would probably be a little disappointed he made it savable, but it was only really savable by people who were sort of borderline superhuman. Oh, sure. Um, that that was uh, 2016 peak De Gea save. I, yeah. I, I couldn't help but thinking, sorry for being the, the cynic about Dave's magnificent well, double I save, but I couldn't help but thinking can't. if he'd just come off his line the four yards that it would have taken to catch that ball probably under no pressure he wouldn't have had to make that double save in the first place well no but double saves miraculous double saves have always been uh more of a strength of his that's true and that, look, I, I can't be a hypocrite and, and give paul pogba a pass for not doing any defending because paul pogba doesn't do any defending and and not kind of accept that at this stage we cannot expect dave to come off his line you know he was allergic Except- he was allergic to doing it in 2010 he's still allergic to doing it now there was one exception, though, where he came 40 yards out of his goal to stop a counter-attack. I was like, genuinely expected to see him walking back to the goal with blood pouring out of his nose. Like, you know, people joke about a nosebleed, but like, I actually legitimately thought, no, he might really get a nosebleed from doing this, but he, he obviously didn't. Uh, Varan was, like you said, Varan was amazing. And, I, you know, this is the kind of game where you're like, Okay, well, if Victor Lindelof was playing alongside Harry Maguire, does that really, really finish 1-0 to United? Of course, we can't know. But it feels like you could chalk up, you know, the how many points does a new transfer get you? I'm I'm putting two points minimum in Varane's column for the points that we got in this game. Um, yeah, and look, I don't think any of, of the performance should surprise us other than, look, you know, he's brand new to the league. And of course, that can surprise players. But um, you know he's he's excellent in the air. He's he doesn't just take on the safe sideways pass at all. His distribution was good. Good reco- got an assist. Yeah, good recovery pace. You know, he's all the things you'd expect. And United have pulled this off because he wanted a new challenge and and he was running down his contract. And you know, it wouldn't have happened if he'd had three years left on his contract. Let's be honest. Um, but um, you know, it's an excellent piece of business it'll prove really really useful for United and we've got that sort of partner that we've been complaining about for so long and I I think it will help Maguire um, move to a new level to have someone alongside him who's you know who's excellent in everything he does so you know very solid base uh, undermined by the fact that there's zero midfield and it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed you know unless um Unless we'll come on to transfers later, unless uh, there's some incoming money, which it looks like Leeds are about to um, about to give us. So we'll see. Further forward, it was interesting. I mean, so we had um, I mean, James started. We'll talk about him more in a bit. Uh, and Mason Greenwood and Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandez, uh, and there was quite a lot of firepower on the bench because Cavani came off came on later, uh, just after half time. You know, so whatever way you shake it up, there's an awful lot of attacking options, and it felt very attacking, didn't it? As a um, as a base from which to to go and you know take the game to Wolves, who of course lost their previous two games, but it didn't really kind of work out like that for the first well most of the first half. Really, United weren't able to capitalise on it because they just had no control in midfield at all, and and Wolves through Adama in particular were able to just break at will. Yeah, I mean the uh, the overall. I mean the the xG in uh, in this uh, is tells the story of the game, which is that Wolves created a ton of really good chances, and United didn't create. Um, well, 
barely any. There's one Mason Greenwood chart chance early on which uh tips the scales but the rest of it is and and really that that's one of those where if you 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 know i certainly wasn't expecting him to score that chance necessarily I mean, it's mason greenwood so you always expect him to score but the way he was coming onto the ball all that sort of thing um uh, varan we talked about landing you know i actually wondered for a second i wonder whether having like the new centre-back pairing is one of the reasons we look so chaotically disorganised. I was like, no, 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 no. It's the midfield pairing, which is the reason we look chaotically disorganised. But the other new signing um, who started this game was Jaden Sancho, um, who has, it's fair to say, not even slightly hit the ground running. I'm not pulling any... No, no. Uh, I'm not making any decision, making any like um, statements about the future about this, but he's actually been pretty bad every time he's played so far, which is a tiny amount. It's a tiny amount. And he's, uh, he's although he's had, uh, what, a couple of, couple of weeks training with United, um, I don't think he'd played a full 90 in any of the pre-season games. Uh, and Varane had had the extra week with Real Madrid. So, you know, I think he's just a week behind. So there's, uh, I don't, we can say he had a bad game. He did. I mean, like first five minutes or so, he, first time he got the ball, he ran at a couple of Wolves players and laid off a nice pass to, to Fred. And you're thinking, okay, you know, good work there. This is what we get with him. He came inside a lot off the right or the left, mostly the left, but uh, took up. Oh, always. Yeah. Basically always. The but left, took right? up central positions all of the time. You know, his, um, his positional map does not look like he's a, He's a touchline hugging winger, and we know that he's not going to be for United. But um, you know, I, I'm not too worried about a bad performance. He's just not ready, no, physically. Yeah. Um, another performance which was uh, bad and not worth worrying about was uh, Marcelo Bielsa's inexplicable dream child, uh, Dan James, who. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that he picked him. I suppose the decision was actually between James and Matic, given that McTominay was out and it was really about, are we going to play? You know, we, we kind of had, ha- Matic was so appalling in the game before. You can see why he thought, well, Pogba in that position can't be worse than Matic was because at least he'll make up for the immense deficiencies he has defensively with some, spectacular long balls and you know Pogba could easily have had an assist or two in this game um yeah and, and by the way that's not me unnecessarily defending him he should never play in that position is uh, certainly not with Fred as the only DM that's a crazy system um and yeah uh we're gonna get to see this quite a bit because Matic is done right he he cannot play in a game where he needs to defend uh, and so if one of Fred or McTominay are not available for any reason it's going to be a horrendous mess. I mean, Donny is not going to play there for all the, the Twitter chat about, oh, perhaps Donny could play there as a six. He's done it for out. He's not going to play there. He's seen as a a um, a reserve. I was going to say reserve for Fernandez, but there's about six other players that could play there first, I think. I don't know what he's seen as. So yeah, United have two viable double pivot players and neither of them are a proper defensive midfielder and we just hope that together they put up the right kind of numbers and it's just it's it's shocking for all the good business United have done good business United have done this um window it, it's it's absolutely shocking they have not fixed this problem because you know I, like um after all of that business and we'll come into detail later in the pod there's a lot of commentary along the lines of, well, now Oli has to win a trophy to justify all of this spend. He's been backed again. 
and 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 in a sense that is right, but there's yeah. such a massive deficiency in that position that I don't know how anyone could overcome that. I mean, you know, what's Pep Guardiola's got six midfielders. <laughs> and he plays them every us, week. <laughs> We've got give none. Give us one of them, Pep. You, even you don't need all of them. Um, we'll take literally any of them. And, you know, by the way, you're, you're saying we've got two viable players in a double pivot and you are describing Fred and Scott McTominay as viable players in a double pivot, which, like, is very much... Like, genuinely, it's a stretch, right? They've had good games and plenty of bad ones. And, oh, sure, of yeah. course, they're our best option. But that's the kind of, like... We're in a situation where if one of Fred or Scott McTominay go down, we're in big trouble. Oh, for and sure. Scott McTominay has gone down, right? He's had surgery. He's got a groin problem. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Fred, fifty-two million pound. Fred, you know, surely they type those numbers backwards when they when they put the bid in, <laughs> and just never noticed it, you know. And even then. Yeah, it's a little oh, Fred, Fred, like Fred, Fred's performance, and as I said, he does put up good numbers sometimes for some crucial yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, he he he, ha- he presses. He's the trigger for a press often. Um, he does do you know make ball recover- recoveries and interceptions, tackles, stuff like. That. He puts up some good numbers, but he's not a defensive player. You know, he doesn't get into the right positions. He's bypassed too easily. Um, but but almost worse than any of that was the fact he gave the wall away. I think I'm right in saying 17 times in this game. You know, and and, and like one of them was a, a very nicely laid off pass for Adama to, to um, burst through again. And, and Aaron Wimbazaka had to dive back on the on the line to save us. Oh, yeah, an amazing block from Wimbazaka. That, that one one particular one in the first half was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, it was a shambolic performance, but... There is so much quality in att- attacking areas at United that, um, you know, opposition fans, like, I love the Touchline Frack Up podcast. And one of the things that opposition fans have started saying about us is that United are inevitable, like Thanos. You know, United have become inevitable. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, United will skank one somehow. And there is, there's this profound truth in that. So we should mention... This is 28 games away from home unbeaten, more than anyone else in Premier League history. Maybe top flight? I don't know. I don't know whether that's a Premier League stat or a top flight stat. I think it's it's a top flight stat. but uh, Yeah, right. So that's... And it's the last time a run... We've just beaten a run that happened in 2001-2. Like, or there or thereabouts, like a long, 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 long time ago. So this is an absolutely remarkable run. And it's been done. There's been some really impressive performances in that time, but United have gone behind however many times in that run. It's a huge number. I think nine times um, in that in that run we've gone behind and come back, which is remarkable. This was a really good example of United being United are inevitable. It was that sort of goal. Yeah. Because yeah, you said skank, and I don't think that's it. I think it's you know like it's still true that is there is no real discernible pattern of play in united's attacking build up right it's just and and they he doesn't coach it or he does not coach a particular system and pattern of play it is about united having six individually absolutely brilliant players and one of them is going to come up with something most games you know so i i don't think it's i, I think in the way that we said about Mourinho, he doesn't coach the the final third. I don't think it's true that Oli doesn't coach that they're not 
having session. I mean, last season they didn't coach anything because there were no sessions for anything other than recovery and fitness. There just wasn't any time. And there literally was no time on the training pitch because they played twice a week all season and had to do the recoveries in between. So um, I, I I think there is some aspect of like, very clever movement and and maybe the players have worked all this out themselves but there's there are interrelationships between the inter- attacking pieces of the puzzle that work and and that look sort of similar whoever the personnel are and maybe you could say that's the collection of personnel when i say skank i mean like this one was it, often it's been a penalty that's that's uh restarted it and a lot of those have been entirely justified but also it was a weird season where the rules of penalties you know they've they've literally said, hmm, maybe we shouldn't give every, a penalty for everything this season. But anyway, this one, Greenwood, um, I mean, you you put in the group chat that Greenwood's XG on his goals this season is 0.08, 0.1 and 0.06. And I'm like, yeah, but really it's Mason Greenwood. So it was 1, 1 and 1. Um, I'm not sure this one was quite on target until it was punched into the net by the, um, the I was going to say Leeds keeper, Wolves keeper. Um, so yeah, I, I, he may be a little disappointed with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm thinking he might be a little a bit disappointed that he punched the ball. David De Gea at the other end making spectacular double saves to get United an undeserved clean sheet, and this lad uh, making sure that Wolves don't get a clean sheet they probably deserved. Unfortunate. Mason takes it really early as he does and hits it low. So you know he he's done at least part of the work there. But yeah. <laughs> A little, a little, oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit fortunate. Um, uh, the other big talking point about the goal, of course, was just how much Wolves made a uh, made of the air blowing past Ruben Nevis' shin as Paul Pogba completely missed ball and man. Uh, and then he took about three seconds, looked at the ref and then fell over. <laughs> what what was going on there? What, was, what exactly was going on there? quite remarkable I, it just it was very confusing it's like you know there's cameras right like you're trying to con the ref to get him to blow up to stop the action before it progresses i guess right that's the only thing that you could um you could say about that but yeah uh very 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 strange i thought mike dean was absolutely perfect day for mike dean because he was surrounded by united players as he was going off for the first half and then surrounded by Wolves players at the end of the game both times absolutely bang smack where he wants to be which is in the centre of attention um, and main event Mike Dean I thought he had a horrible game horrible and that was obviously a, a good decision but uh, there were some very strange ones in the first half I thought you could see why Bruno was furious yeah I mean exactly yeah I mean he got booked didn't he in the end for did he get booked for being, being a bit lippy too, yeah too furious although to be fair I do believe having let read it i'm pretty sure that when um uh mike dean was talking to harry Maguire, he said i'm the ref which i think is fair enough when you're dealing with bruno because it's like bruno you're not the ref you can disagree but you aren't actually the ref you don't get to decide what the decision is well that's right and whether it's mike dean or any other ref it's it's far and few between when you're moaning at the ref that they go oh you know what, Bruno? You're, you're absolutely right, fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm changing yeah. my mind here. And in fact, you have the cards. So, uh, like, and you know, hey, and, and Mike Dean's just never going to do that. Um, in in uh, 
I don't know how many hundreds of games Mike Dean has refed at Premier League level, but you're right. He likes the centre of attention. Uh, he's pretty inconsistent as a referee, as many of them are. But I think he, you know, for a supposedly, you know, top level ref, um, it feels pretty bad from him. Um, and you, you know, he's he's fairly card happy, and you're looking for something to happen. Uh, but the fact that he said no foul on that one. Um, and that's the only thing anyone of the pundits from any media outlet wanted to talk about afterwards. Was kind of amusing. Um, it's so weird. I mean, it's not, it's because it's Pogba, isn't it? Like literally, it's because it's Pogba. That's why there's, there was conversation about. It. I don't think there would have been a great deal of conversation about Graham it. Graham Souness called it not a leg breaker. Him. Which, which I mean, I have to say, if. If Paul Pogba has become a Jedi and he's able to break the guy's leg without being anywhere near him, amazing. A leg breaker. Graham Souness. Graham Souness. It's a problem. It is a problem. Um, I have to say, watching this game, at no point did I think, you know what United really need in this game? (laughs) Segway time. What United really need in this game where they're defensively chaotic and coughing up chance after chance after chance and aren't really getting any service whatsoever to a centre-forward who is actually really mobile, <laughs> what they need is a 36-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo up front. Um, and yet, so since we last met, ladies and de- dear listeners, since we last met, I don't even know how much City chat there was by that point. There might have been some. Um and maybe that was the day that he was going to City, but that did not last very long because it turns out he just ruddy loves the ruddy reds mm. and Alex Ferguson and Rio Ferdinand combined to convince him that his heart was indeed in the red of Manchester. That's and, and And £480,000 a week. You know, just... He'd have got that at City. He'd have got, well. got that at City anyway. So yes, he's going to earn the money anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yes, apparently United can move quickly to conclude transfers when they feel the need to do it. Although it does frequently seem to be when it's to beat City to a player um, that they're suddenly able to make a decision in less than 10 weeks. I think there are there are many justifiable criticisms of this transfer, some of which we will talk about in a minute. Um, the one thing I don't think you can say is that you can compare it to other transfers because to be fair, the commercials of this transfer are absolutely unique. The Well, the I mean, sorry to bring him up already in a conversation about Ronaldo because it's contractually obliged. The only other player with anywhere near the same kind of commercial impact would be Messi and probably Ronaldo's commercial impact is, is great. I don't know who has more Instagram followers, but I think Cristiano Ronaldo might, might be the most followed person on Instagram in the world. He's right up there anyway. Um, so there, there is a, a, a unique level of um, brand appeal and financial benefit to uh, the club. Potentially. Uh, Potentially, yeah. yeah. That takes a while to work its way through because, of course, you know, we've just signed a new shirt sponsor, uh, which is for the next five, six years. And there's um, a, a lengthy contract with Nike in place still. So actually the the uh, the tangible... Adidas. Co- Adidas, sorry. Uh, the tangible benefits commercially, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure they're that big. And I think it's something like 7 or 8% or something, um, the percentage of shirt sales, if there's an increase, which, you know, let's, let's pretend there is for a while. So it, it's very hard I mean, to make... It will be. It's very hard to make the numbers work. 
um, from a purely commercial perspective. I mean, it's not true that, for example, that um, uh, PSG, uh, Messi will pay for himself has been the line, right? It's it's nonsense. And unless they're a bunch of Q-related sponsors, that's Q for Qatar, not Q the... Uh, the conspiracy theory, although, you know, hey, maybe they're sponsoring <laughs> football clubs these days. You never know. Um, um, and there's a bunch of Q-related sponsors come up with new numbers. And and for United, it's even more difficult because, of course, there aren't any related parties to come up with those, magically come up with those numbers. So I don't think it pays for itself. But, it, you know, that's not what United should exist for. You know, we should be making money in order to put it on the pitch. Um, that's not always the case with the Glazers, of course. You know, he scored 30-something goals last season. He's still going to score goals in the Premier League. Yeah, um, the, the impact on his teammates um, seems to have been fairly significant already. People are buzzing for it. Uh, and, and you know, it, is, it, will, it will change the nature of United's um, build-up play because, you know, it's undoubtedly true that um, Cristiano, as a nine, which is the only place he can play... Uh, still has elite numbers, if slightly declining from their very peak, but still elite for for a forward. What he's not going to do is any... Def- he's in, like, single digits percentiles for any <laughs> defensive contribution whatsoever, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, nothing. He's point- not going to be the trigger for a press, so it will impact how United play in, in some ways when he plays. 0.76 non-penalty expected goals per 90 last season i mean it's uh, those are i mean those are best in the world numbers right this is this is the that, that's the level of player he is so i i um i've had a i've had a an a not particularly enjoyable week football wise um I've done a lot of thinking and working out and all that kind of stuff so uh tune out now if you don't want to hear anything that's not directly about football fair enough um the uh the reality of Cristiano Ronaldo's public image is that it, you know, uh, has completely survived uh, very serious allegations. I reread the De Spiegel investigation. It's a horrible read. Yeah. And um, uh, and then, and there's two possibilities. One of them is that De Spiegel were completely duped by the um, leaked documents. And the other is that, that Cristiano Ronaldo did really bad stuff, right? These are the, the two possibilities. Well, well, no, there's some nuance around there. So so one is De Spiegel were duped by documents, which are, were not true or something like that. Or the other is Cristiano did some really bad criminal stuff and then mm. paid somebody off. And the other one is, he didn't do any really bad stuff and paid someone off anyway just to get rid of it. I mean, so... Yeah, yeah although that what I'm saying is if the documents that are purported to in that article are legitimate documents, there's not really very much doubt, right? That's the, oh, sure, the nature yeah. of those documents. And, you know, we've I've, had, I've mentioned this on, on Instagram and... Um, I have to say the overwhelming, uh, our Instagram audience is a particularly self-selecting group of the people that enjoy our work. Because, yes. you know, that's, um, that's a, it's a small percent of, uh, you know, of the audience and lovely. Uh, the vast majority of responses were um, pleased that we'd mentioned it, slightly dispirited that it hadn't got broader mention, slightly dispirited by the, the kind of United uh 
the world of like United people online, United type people online, hadn't got much of a mention, um, and and no coverage at all in the mainstream. None at all. Uh, in fact, the only the only person who ha- you know has a mainstream audience, if this is the right way of putting it, that I've heard mentioned it is Dan Harris, who who has on occasion written for the Guardian and and other outlets, um, and he went on the on the Ball podcast, the Irish podcast, to to talk about both Ronaldo's football impact and and his legacy as a human you know and I, I thought he was if you haven't we'll say some very similar things basically but you know if you haven't listened to that it's worth listen as well you know ab- about that and elsewhere no commentary on this at all and and you started this segment by saying his his reputation has completely survived it yeah more than that you know if you look at United's away support at um at Wolves yesterday not only was there a cutout but a a significant amount of um of time was spent singing Viva Ronaldo. You know, people are delighted by this transfer and and there yeah. is no cognitive dissonance because people are just not engaging with the reality that Ronaldo may well have you know, alleged, again, just, you know, before Ronaldo's lawyers get in contact, um, is alleged well, to have... this isn't... Yeah, this is not about our opinion. This is about the reporting. Exactly. Right? This is about right. the Despiegel piece. Right, like, Which, and we I'm haven't mentioned about. it. He's He is alleged to have raped a woman in 2009 and then paid her to, to keep quiet. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's it's it's uh, in uh, Las Vegas Hotel, right? It's all out there. You can go read it. Um, he would have spent, not only his reputation would have been destroyed by that, but he might have spent the part, best part of the last decade in a prison cell. If 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 he hadn't paid that off, and and if the criminal investigation had led to a conviction, you know, ifs ifs ifs. Um, that's a very that's that second one's a pretty significant if, isn't it? Uh, one of, one of the things that one of the things that I was going to say a second ago was that the, when I was talking about the response from our audience, is just had one message saying, "Yeah, but what about the fact that he was found not guilty?" It's like, well, that's absolutely nowhere close to the truth of what happened. That there were no criminal proceedings because it was impossible to conduct any um because this had happened in 2009 uh, I, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago maybe 2018 when uh, this was all coming to light and the uh, the the I'm not a lawyer but I'm going to imagine it'd be pretty difficult to enter into a court case documents that were available because of a public leak uh, that would have breached uh, lawyer client confidentiality i'm i'm not sure you can even if it is in the public domain i'm not sure you can um but i don't know i have no idea i'm not i'm not a lawman but it sounds anyway the the whole point being the the case wasn't prosecutable which is nowhere near the same as it was found not to have happened um of course it's possible that it didn't happen but that's the the two aren't the same. Anyway, yes, and, and we can oh. look and and you know, of course, I can and many people will have said this and will say this that uh, he he is innocent until proven guilty. It's just bloody yep. damning. Go go read it. It's a brutal read. You know, trigger warning if if you've if you have been abused, you might not want to read that. Um, it, it, yeah, it's very specific okay, and very detailed, and and within that, there are some extremely damning words from Cristiano himself. If the documents Purporting are true. to be. Purporting to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's our backs covered. Um, the, the, the thing I want to talk about is what we do about this, right? Because we're not going to talk about this every time he scores a goal. We're not going to talk about this every game for the rest of the season because there isn't a new conversation to be had every time 
I certainly don't want to be making flippant remarks about it because I don't believe any of this deserves... I genuinely don't think there's a place for humour in the discussion of this because it's just not funny. Um, and so the there's a kind of necessary compartmentalization but i'm not talking about the compartmentalization of just wildly cheering every goal and and um dissociating from the reality of that i i i don't i've never really cared for he's not never been my guy cristiano you know like i don't think it would shock people that have been listening to this show for a long time to imagine that i don't think i'd be i don't think i would like to be friends with cristiano ronaldo personality wise like loads of people say you know he's a great guy behind the scenes or whatever and that's that's all well and good but you know he's always been the kind of a bit preening and a bit egotistical seeming uh for my tastes so there's all of that um but this just makes it um just like this isn't a guy I can get behind. This isn't a guy whose triumphs I can easily celebrate. Of course, they're our triumphs now um, as a club because I do expect uh, United's season will be better on the pitch than it would have been if they hadn't signed Ronaldo. That's self-evident. This is one of the best ever to do it. He's coming to the end of his career. There are issues around mobility up front or whatever, but he's still going to, I mean, who in our team, if you want United to win a game, do you want a chance to fall to? Well, the answer's just changed from Mason Greenwood to Cristiano Ronaldo. And much as I think Chris, Mason Greenwood's ceiling is extraordinarily high, obviously um, Ronaldo is, is the answer to uh, to that question. So yes. It's yes. going to be a, a rough a rough season, I think, in that way for me. Pers- I'm only talking personally. You know. Yeah, I mean... Um... You know, should we just call him cognitive dissonances Ronaldo from now on and it'll just shortcut well, the previous 15 minutes well, of conversation? Yeah. But I like, that's the thing I like, I don't... You've I, not I, even I, got any cognitive dissonance, you're just the... It's just the it, negative. Yeah, no, I, I get it. it. And and more than that, like, that, that that's kind of what I mean about, like, I don't even want to be flippant about it. I don't want to be flip about it because it feels... Um, it feels disrespectful on a whole number of levels. I can tell you what I'm going to do personally. Personally, I'm going to work on just... Um, just not engaging with that as because I can't do anything about it. You know, terrible things happen in the world all the time. We have a small platform, which I think there are, there'll be some people who are furious about this conversation, but I'd say like the people that dig our show will be somewhat relieved to hear people have this conversation and probably would be quite surprised if you and I hadn't. Um, So we're going to have this conversation in this episode. It might come up again for one reason or another as as the season goes on, but basically I'm going to be, I guess, relatively dispassionately analysing the performances. That's that's going to be my Ronaldo take for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and then in terms of his impact, apart from the fact that he's going to score a bank load of goals... Because yeah, assuming United can get the ball out of midfield into the final third of the pitch, uh, he's going to score goals. Of course he will. And the the impact on Mason Greenwood's an interesting one because he started the game, the game, the season really well. I mean, he had a full preseason, got over his injury that kept him out of the England squad. And um, whether he'd made it the final squad or not, I don't know. But has had that preseason, has come back, you know, looking really fit and really sharp um, yeah. and there's been electric not just the goals I mean he's just he's running his ability to it's so good yeah it's uh, it's it's movements fantastic into the channels through the center whatever um 
Uh, yeah, if there are any doubts about whether he could play at number nine, they shouldn't be. He can definitely play at number nine. Um, although it was a bit odd that last week he got shifted right, against Southampton, he got shifted out that central position, having been excellent on the opening day of the season, dumped on the right. Um, and this week, uh, of course, you know, Paul Pogba has been excellent in two games after left was dumped into the middle. Different conversation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, yeah. the, the impact on Mason Greenwood is probably not positive. You know, may, maybe there's a net positive for, through being yeah. in the same squad yeah. as Ronaldo in the way that... that um, it seems like he's built a good relationship with Edison Cavani. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it, it, he gets enough. Like if it means he gets 20 games left this season, I'm not sure that's a good thing for, for Mason, but we'll see. But I think it's extremely unlikely that Mason Greenwood gets 20 games fewer because I think that the, that he's the first choice front three, Ronaldo, Greenwood, Sancho. Now Cavani... It's an interesting one. I mean, I know he played um, out of position sometimes uh, at PSG to accommodate various players. I mean, Cavani must be thinking, oh, for God's sake, you like you bent over backwards to persuade me to sign another bloody contract in the middle of pandemic. I can't go and play for my national team. And now you've gone and bloody signed a number nine. Great. Cheers. Do you want the number seven shirt, Ronnie? Well, like, talking know. about that, it looks like that might happen. It, um, wow. So I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but some people um, are saying that uh, he may well take up Dan James's number 21 shirt and, and Cristiano has the number seven. Um, I yeah, we'll see. Um, I, someone else did actually say that that's impossible. That you can't once the right. once the um, squad numbers have been given submitted to the Premier League that they can't change after that um, unless the player leaves. So un- unless they're actually going to bin off Cavani now, um, that's, that may well not be true. But yeah, you know, hey, whatever. Like uh, Cristiano's ego. Um, you know, it's it may well be fragile. I think anyone who's observed him over the years would suggest it may well be fragile, but I hope it can cope with not having the number seven shirt if if that is the case. The um the the to just completely disassociate for a second, I do think it cannot hurt a group of players young such young players to be exposed to the realities of what it takes to make yourself the best in the world. So I, I, I don't, for me, like, this is a stupid discussion, but he's never been number one ever. It's always been messy. That's fine. Like, even if you disregard that, Ronaldo's proximity to the conversation, the number of Ballon d'Ors won, the, the scale of achievement on the pitch. I mean, Ferguson said of him, talents are hard, uh, hard work's a talent too. And I'm not saying he's like, I mean, obviously he was blessed with abundant ability when he was a teenager because we saw it, it was electric, the stepovers, the the dribbling, the, you know, just the wonder touch. Sometimes he was an amazing player, but in order for him to do what he's done, he had to work in a way that other people don't have to work to get to the level they've got to. He His work ethic is, is almost the singular, the singularly most important talent that he possesses. And that is actually something that can rub off on the people around you. So whether or not, I mean, he signed till the end of 23. So he's two seasons. Um, I can't imagine Mason Greenwood's going to look back on these two seasons and think, if only we hadn't signed Cristiano Ronaldo. I just can't, I just think that's very unlikely. Um, Who knows? But I I just think it's unlikely. Yeah, 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 sure. 
um, two with an option for a third. So um, right, and Cristiano's talked about playing till he's forty. So we'll um, we'll see. Uh, after we'll we'll get a we'll get a good sense in a few months' time. Um, just how much time Mason's playing on the bench uh, and of course oh, you know, it's not gonna I just I just don't see it like I'm not Rashford I'd be really worried if I was Marcus Rashford about the amount of times on the bench Mason Greenwood is so he Mason Greenwood is inevitable Mason Greenwood is inarguable I love I love a ridiculous hyperbole but probably not since Ronaldo have we seen a young player who's made our jaw drop like Mason Greenwood has you know He's a level. He's a level of talent that just and Solskjaer is not averse to that kind of play. I, I, I mean, there's maybe some stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about or whatever. But to me, Greenwood is still just going to play so so much football, particularly with Dan James leaving. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything we have to say else about this? Um, what, is that James? Do you think definitely leaving or not? I mean, it's rumored that the Leeds put in a twenty-five to thirty million pound bid, which would be very good money, given that United signed him for about what half that. So it's probably twenty-five and add-ons or something like that. Um, it's, it seems it, like people are really confident that it's happening. So yeah, I don't and, it and it happened, and it should but... happen. I, I know there's you know there's a few dissenters who said oh, you know are United going to miss miss. I, I think they're people who don't see him enough. Honestly, I mean, the the only thing that um, we'll miss from Dan James is the pressing because we have plenty of others you can run into space. Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Martial, if he's fit and or on it. He was all right, actually. Having been absolutely awful against Southampton, I thought he looked quite bright against Wolves in the half an hour or whatever he got. Yeah, um, and and you know there's there's been a few people that suggested that um, maybe it was Martial that should have gone instead of Dan James. I mean Martial's ceiling is obviously higher. It's not very consistent, but it's obviously higher than Dan James. And you just have to look at Dan James's performance yesterday and in the two other games this season and during the Euros and for the previous season before that to know that that it, there's no progress here with him. You know he if, I mean, if you if you want someone to run into space. Um, and and be the trigger for the press. Excellent. If you want someone who's got any kind of quality on the ball whatsoever, he's not your man. And good luck to him. It's a good move for yeah. everyone, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Like, I hope he does brilliant. I know it's Leeds or whatever, but I hope he does brilliant. I hope Bielsa helps him loads. I think he's he's going to be great for Bielsa in loads of ways. Like, um, So, yeah, I think that's good. And the fact that we've made a profit on this transfer is quite 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 something given you know i mean i wouldn't say over the last two years i guess i guess he's shown that he's not intimidated by the premier league he has scored some some goals in that time but i don't know quite why he's worth more money than he was then uh, i guess it's uh the nature of these things anyway that um i wonder whether there's an argument to say martial goes as well uh, as Dan James, because um, you've you've got what what are we talking? Juan Mata, remember Juan Mata, um, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, who has to be talked about as one of the attackers realistically. Yeah, um, Jaden Sancho, Ronaldo. I can't remember who I've said who I haven't. I don't know. Cavani if I said Rashford. and Rashford. Okay, yeah, yeah, Cavani um, and Rashford. Yep, yeah. uh, it's a lot. It's a lot into three. Three or four places, yeah, four, I guess, because because I included Fernandez. So, um, that seven goes into four. You didn't even count Donny Vadabake in that. 
<laughs> no, I did count one matter though, so it's not actually seven. It's oh, say, Jesse six... Lingard, who is yep. effectively the understudy sure. to Bruno Fernandez, I think. So that's now we're talking like there's. Well, let's just say let's just talk about the really, really, really kind of top top level players out of that. Cavani, Rashford, Sancho, Martial. I'm giving him the benefit of being included in that group. Uh, he would want to see himself as, you know, he wouldn't want to see himself as Jesse Lingard, would he, Martial? Um, or Mata, you know, on that level. I can't, I can't remember if I've said again. Anyway, it's a lot into not that many spaces. There's going to be good players on the bench every game, basically. Well, that's right. And, and um, okay, so one of the other reasons uh, I think United should probably take a fee for Jesse Lingard, whatever it is, is that there's lots of other players who can play in those attacking positions that we haven't even mentioned. So Hannibal Benchry, who's a really excellent young player, um, will probably want some game time. And so will Anthony Alanga, and he hasn't gone on loan either, and he was excellent at the end of last season. So there's there's just a lot there, and United are yeah. unbalanced as a squad. And if you can take all that money and put it into a defensive midfielder, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they've got it, the transfer window ends tomorrow, I guess. Maybe a day later because the bank holiday. Who knows? I don't know. But soon, anyway, next couple of days. I, I'm sure it's very tempting to be like, oh, we've got Ronaldo. That's it. No more business. But my goodness, the difference that it would make if if they do sign a midfielder. I, I was going to ask you about the, just about the Ronaldo signing. You know, we talked about the signings of Sancho and um, Varane in terms of points added and closing the gap. Do you think this is a substantial... Do you think we'll get loads more points this season because Ronaldo signed? United were the second top scorers in the Premier League last season. So, I mean, I suppose if you say you convert... And and, and the top scorer was like... None of the strikers were close to it. So, I, I suppose if you say there are chances on offer that United will now finish, that didn't before, and then there will be more points. Sure. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at... Um, seen if anyone's done that analysis and I'm too lazy to go do it <laughs> yeah. and think about the XG uplift that there will be from the signing. But I said a smartest scout would be able to do it. You'd be able to uh, trawl through that. But um, yeah, for, for sure, I suppose, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, we haven't got fewer personnel, but uh, we feel weaker in central midfield. Um, I suppose that's because um, McTominay and, and uh, Fred didn't miss any time last season. So if they could roll that into another signing, it would make such a big difference if it's a, yeah. a defensive midfielder signing. There's a lot of talk about Son Niguez. Uh, you know, Atletico Madrid are trying to get rid of him. Um, he's a high earner. They need to bring in some cash. He, he's not that pure defensive midfielder, for sure. He's an all-rounder who's played at six and has played at eight and has played wide. Uh, in his younger days. Um, but, you know, I know United were interested in him many, many years ago. I think he was one that one of the ones that David Moyes um, didn't want, although the scouting department did. So, hey, good work, Moyes. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, he was he was a player that I wrote a lot about in the Bleach Report days and Van Hal times. And just, just right. generally speaking, he was always someone we were linked to. And whenever I'd be asked, I mean, this is why, why on earth anyone ever thought oh I know we'll ask Paul to write this well I can tell you why it's because the content of what was written didn't matter at all to whether or not the article got clicked on it was like um which five defense which five midfielders should United target I would always have 
him on the list because he was one of the ones I'd heard of. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, genuinely, like he was a player that I was always, um, I always thought would be a fantastic fit um, for United. So it'd be, I'd be excited by that, that transfer. But to be honest, I would be excited by any midfielder we signed. You know, if you just told me Michael Carrick's coming out of retirement, I'd be pretty excited about that at this point. Well, that's the thing, you know, we keep using the word defensive midfielder, but there are two types, right? There's Yeah, you've we've said this. And every we, time we've, we've said had this. this and and and, so. and the other type, the controlling type. You've got Michael Carrick as an assistant coach there, one of the greatest controlling midfielders of the last fifteen years or so. You'd think he might have a little word. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um so yeah, it's been a weird week and most people have been delighted and super celebratory and I, and I totally get that. And there are genuinely lots of people who don't know about this story, which tells you a lot. Um, but but also there's people who don't care and that's fine. Well, it's not fine, but it, it is what it is. Um, and the it's certainly not fine. Um, it's incredibly sad and a sad indictment on the nature of society. Um, but... <laughs> But so is so much of what happens uh, in the world and in football in particular. It's it's um, you know supporting United is is for someone who who politically and socially sits where I sit on the general spectrum of things is probably a weird life choice anyway. So yet another impediment to well, uh, it probably to... wasn't when you first started. To be fair, no, no. I mean, also. My social, actually, I was going to say my social and political consciousness was not particularly formed by 1985, but we already had been on multiple CND marches by that point. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of always going to end up where it ended up, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's going to be a, a weird old season. Um, I, I was going to start talking about a preview, but it's not until September the 11th. Yeah, the that, international break, yeah. So That um, United play next. It, it's uh, it's oh, I hate this international break. You just feel like you started the season and and uh, talking of broken records and saying things I've said over and over again. Every every season for twelve every, years. Every season for twelve years. <laughs> I've said this one. It's the worst one, isn't it? Uh, so let, let, no, hey, hey, let's, no, 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 no. This is the second. This is the second worst one. What's the worst the one? Worst one is the next one that like. You kind of get into the Premier League season a bit and then this international break happens. You go, okay, that's out the way now. And there's another one, like, before you know it, just rolls up straight on you. So a bunch of players will go away. It doesn't look like Edison Cavani will go. I mean, maybe they've had a word to say. I mean, the Premier League has kind of taken the collective decision that anyone on a red list would not be allowed to go. Uh, FIFA does not take that. You know, so FIFA is saying, no, no, they have to be released. In fact, they have to be released two days early to cope with any travel restrictions and stuff like mm. that. Um, Cavani, if he went, would miss four United games as a result. Mm. And I have to say, given how disrupted his season was last year by starting so late, um, and it started late again because United gave him extra time off to be back home in Uruguay after the Copa America, um, it would be... Honestly, taking the piss if he did go, you know, and I kind of I understand he want he's passionate about playing for Uruguay and would like to, uh, but if he goes away and he's then not available until October again. Hell, United are actually paying your wages. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, looks like I he's that. not going, but a bunch of other players are. So you know, for example, Villa are going to lose Martinez and and Buendia for quite the- some time, by the looks of it. 
one of the, one of the things about Cavani, like, is now now United are probably like, no, you can go if you want, <laughs> save Ollie a headache. Like, he's got to have a less complicated conversation. You might come back and find your shirt numbers changed. But hey, <laughs> I, I, normally I don't like this international break. This time, this time, I'm quite glad to have a week to do some work on myself, to do some letting go of the things that you know. The, the serenity to accept the things you can't change, the wisdom to know the difference, all of that stuff. Like it will do me good personally to just have um have some time, do some breathing exercises, let go of some negative energy that I don't particularly want to be carrying. That's about something that's nothing to do with me whatsoever. Um, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, and then we'll be back after. Uh, weirdly. I mean, I bet the broadcasters must be absolutely fuming. United's next game is three o'clock on a Saturday. Imagine Sky Sports are just, there's blood coming out of their eyes as they cry tears of like, why? Why didn't we put United Newcastle on the TV? Why? Uh, I wonder um, if they're trying to look, look how they can change that one. Yeah. yeah. I th- think they might not be able to. No, no, no. Too it's, soon. it's too soon. They've, they've picked that one. They decided not to pick that one. Uh, probably because they assumed it would just be a nice easy win for United. Uh, yeah, we'll be after that, uh, back after that one to to discuss it. Uh, and, yeah. you know, all the, all the stuff that goes along with it. And um, we talked... Not, yeah. not worth a proper preview, but we are contractually obligated to guess what the score's going to be in uh, United against New Newcastle. It is New, I'm pretty sure it's It is Newcastle, Newcastle, September the 11th. Yeah, I mean, should, should we be guessing uh, how many um, our new signing will score? gonna be a lot i reckon what a lovely start brucey's friendly tune roll into town bruce steve bruce's entire press conference pretty much is gonna be oh isn't it lovely that they've signed united back to the top where they did belong you know just it's pure united friendliness um from brucey uh, before that one i think that united are gonna i think they're gonna absolutely spank them to be honest uh, I, I think so too. They, they got a good result this weekend. Newcastle did, um, didn't they? With uh, Alan Saint Maximam, um, friend of the pod. Uh, he's not friend of the pod. We're just <laughs> we're just very friendly towards him. So you know, because yeah. <laughs> he is one of the most fun players in the league. Um, yeah. But they uh, they got a draw at home to Southampton, um, didn't they? With a late goal. <laughs> so, good good result in well, in it, the it's most good result because they were seconds away from losing. Yes. <laughs> So, that that. We'll talk about that on the backers content. That was some VAR business uh, at the end of that game. Um, uh, we love a bit of VAR business, don't we? Uh, I, I didn't pick a score. I'm going to say 3-0 to United. All right, 4-0. Um, yeah, and we'll see you after that. Have a nice international break. We might put some bonus stuff out uh, during the international break, possibly depending on Tom's level of busyness or otherwise. Um, but yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back with a proper podcast um, after that Newcastle game. And uh, we'll just end by saying, come on, most of you Reds. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Bye. Bye.